This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. By allowing ourselves to become wealthy, wealthier healer actually helps us serve the greater good. Valeria Tellez interviews Rebecca Weiner McGregor, an amplifier of love, catalyst of breakthroughs, transformational hypnotist, money mindset coach, and speaker. Rebecca Weiner McGregor is an amplifier of love and catalyst for breakthroughs. She shares her gifts as a transformational hypnotist and money mindset coach committed to helping visionary women live their truth, step into divine purpose, and create the life of their dreams. Over the last 16 years, she has helped her clients to release old blocks, traumas, loss, and hidden fears to find a deeper sense of self-worth and determination to live life on their own terms. Using that self-worth and determination as fuel to create the life they've been dreaming of with deeper connection, more joy, more impact, wealth, and more fun. Rebecca's clients include spiritual entrepreneurs, coaches, healers, executives, entertainers, and influencers, women who have a message to share with the world. She's worked with women across the country and around the world to release limiting beliefs and rewire their subconscious minds to feel limitless, take action, and create a life filled with abundance. Rebecca lives with her husband in a relationship she manifested and her rescue dogs, Lucy, Millie, and Winston, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where she loves books, art, music, has the ever-so-slight Netflix infatuation, and loves spending time hosting her friends and family. Meet Rebecca at RebeccaWiener.com. Here is the interview with Rebecca Wiener McGregor. In your own words, who is Rebecca Wiener McGregor? Mm. I am a piece of the divine here as a human to amplify love. In my humanness, I look for opportunities to love and feel compassion, to inspire and to hold space for others to step into the freedom and joy of love. I absolutely love your purpose, if this is a purpose. If you call it purpose, would you say that, Rebecca? Or this is just a knowing? It is. It is a purpose and a knowing. Mm, Both, right. How did you come to that understanding? 
lots of work on myself, right? It's a, it's a long winding road. And my, my mental and mindset journey began many years ago, 17, 18 years ago. And now in recent years, the last decade, my spiritual, it has really fueled my spiritual journey. The challenge is, I hear that a lot, that we come to understand who we are, that life is about love when we go through enough challenges. I have been myself, so I can relate to that very much. And I often wonder, and sometimes I ask the question about that being necessary, though, that suffering being necessary in order to awaken, to know what's really happening in the invisible world. Would you say that that's necessary or we can avoid it somehow? That is the question. Here, the reason I love this question so much is because many people do believe that suffering is attached to growth. Yeah. And right. that we must go through the hard times to get to the the greater times, right? Right. right. But we can also release our attachment to the idea that we must suffer mm. and yeah. release our attachment to suffering. Right. Right. And when we detach from suffering, we notice discomfort and that can be fuel. It doesn't have to necessarily get to a place of suffering. Do you see a difference between suffering and pain? Pain comes in many forms, doesn't it? Yeah. And yeah. suffering seems to be that ongoing, I'm, this pain is me. Mm. This yeah. is my pain. Really mm. attaching to the pain, bonding with the pain. When pain is really an alert that something is misaligned, it doesn't have to be a welcome guest. It doesn't have to be someone that we invite in to, to stay. We can acknowledge the pain because really mm. what I found is often when we acknowledge our feelings, when we acknowledge our pain, when we ask the pain even what it needs, right. it will quiet down. Mm. When we ignore it or attach to it, it will get louder. We might be able to do the same for other people, right, Rebecca, in a way, just be, as you said, hold that space for them to release that pain. And to share that you're not, you don't have to be made for suffering if you, you don't have to believe that you're made for suffering if you don't want to. So in a way, it's not really trying to replace stories or beliefs, but just holding that space, listening to them. Yes. Thank mm. you for saying that, because yeah. when we... When someone has a problem and we try to solve it for them without them asking, we are essentially in a place of judgment of them and their story and their position and their experience that it's really not good enough for us. Yeah. And that's not our job. I, at times in my humanness, I forget that too. You know, (laughs) it's easy for many of us visionaries to see solutions to problems that haven't even fully been identified yet. Yes. And to see, oh, I see this obstacle coming up right in front of you. We should really get that out of the way so you don't have to suffer. And then we're moving, they're moving, we're moving their finish line. We're moving their opportunities for growth. And we're, we're not trusting them to handle it the way they need to handle it for themselves. What an important message. Yeah. So we are not trusting them because we are life itself. So we are not trusting life itself in a way. Yes. So many goosebumps right there. (laughs) How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? To me, success is 
ease and flow and joy and connection and opportunities to love. It's, yeah, it doesn't have a perfect, uh, it doesn't have a spreadsheet answer. It's, it's all those things together. It is the, and being in a place of purpose, that's joyful for me. And that's a good time to ask you the question about what is like to have a divine purpose? Having a divine purpose feels to me like this is what I am meant for. This is what I'm here for. This is why I'm breathing right now. This is the message that I get to share with with others if I choose. If I choose, right? there's always a power of choice with it, right? So for me, that knowing, and it's as easy as breathing to feel this purpose. And I believe everyone has that in them. And it may not be to be on a stage somewhere or to write a book or to teach a grand audience of something. It could be as simple as being in their purpose, in their home, in their breath, in their day-to-day moments that nobody else knows about, nobody else sees. We just get to be in these special moments with ourselves, feeling that ease and truth, capital T, truth. Wow. So it's uh, something that's very intimate and very personal, isn't it? That It absolutely is. So yeah. that word intimate just really describes it, doesn't it? It very much resonates yeah, with me, that idea. So talk to me for a moment about success attached to material things, money, wealth, and how do you teach this abundance to people without uh, getting them to believe that they need to have money and wealth in order to to experience joy and, and freedom and inner peace? Mm. That's such a beautiful thing, the, the way that you said that, that we don't need money to feel joy or peace. Right. We get to have it if we choose to pursue that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that success and happiness first are really, they're really that foundation. And then allowing in the wealth, allowing in the money without it being something that you are chasing, but rather you've aligned to have receive or you've aligned to receive. This is something that I had to learn too. I remember being feeling stuck with what I do and not being able to publish any episodes because I didn't have the funds. And then I remember saying to myself, I'm not asking my guests to pay for the editing assistance and all the material. That's not right. And I held that thought, that belief for long enough to take the joy even out of the work I do because I loved this, but I couldn't publish. And I had all the guests contacting me, you know, why are you not publishing and all that? And I think I spoke to somebody. I think he was a mindset coach that has to do with finance too, but I didn't know that actually. And then we got to talk and then he said to me, do you know that money's energy it's an exchange. It's a flow. It's energy. It's not what you think it is. And that changed everything from one moment to another, just changed. That kind of stayed with me, this idea that we can change others just by 
being there for them, but also telling them the truth. <laughs> Tell without any reservation, just being truthful. What are some of the limiting beliefs we have, most of us have, Rebecca, and how do we learn to identify them? This is, I'm going to answer the how do we learn to identify them first, okay? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, because I, this is such a key piece of what I teach, and that is the awareness of discomfort in our body. When we step into fear, when we take a detour into fear, we are generally in a, a limiting belief. Right. We are in a limiting belief that money is not safe. It is not safe for me to be visible. It is, it's not in alignment with my spiritual gifts for me to be wealthy, things like that. Right. Because right. so building our awareness to how it feels when we are in these different situations or in our processes in our business or our life and noticing, did you feel tightness in your body? Did you feel pressure? Did you feel a lump in your throat? Some way that your body is telling you that little bit of discomfort, pain, right, is an alert that something is out of alignment for you. Because when we step into fear that doesn't really, that's not aligned with who we believe we are, then our body will tell us to. And some of the most common beliefs that limit us, that come through with my clients are, I'm a spiritual person. I'm, I'm not supposed to be wealthy. Right. I, I can't ask for money for my spiritual gifts. It just doesn't seem right. Or none of my family has been wealthy and it just doesn't feel good for me to be the wealthy one. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't want to outshine my, my family or my friends or... Yeah. It's not about money for me. It's about giving, right. which is an, is an imbalance right there too, isn't it? That overgiving piece. Yes. yes. These are very, just very, very common. Or that wealthy people are bad yeah. because they are villainized in the media, movies, things like that. And so what would be the, um, let's say the opposite, although yeah, life is just one thing to just a paradox, but everything is just it, one big adventure. <laughs> I don't see opposites really. But if there is such a thing as the other side of the spectrum, and what would that look like having this abundant mindset? What are the thoughts that run throughout our minds? I can be a good person and be fueled to do my work energetically by these exchanges with my clients is monetary exchanges with my clients. It is safe for me to be seen. It is safe for me to shine. It is safe for me to model for other people what wealth and spirituality look like together. Yeah. Oh, I and love that. To make it joyful. Yeah. And you know, it is it is safe for me. A very common one that I left out is money comes only from hard work. Yeah. It is safe yeah. for me to have ease and flow and minimal effort even and still be wealthy, having a flow of money and abundance in my life. I love all of them, especially the one that we can be a model of wealth and spirituality. We can bring those two pieces together. 
I don't want to, you know, go into the, the female male thing because I know we all have female in masculine and feminine energies. It's the idea is to balance them. Mm-hmm. It seems to me like at this time we do need more of the feminine energy and women are very good at it, balancing these things. Uh, when it comes to money, I've seen around me, the women with money, that they're different. They're very different than men when they are prosperous. They don't behave the same way. I'm not the ones that I was in touch with. Does it make sense to you that women might have better understanding of wholeness and know how to bring this to life, to this reality? Yes, of course, women know how to bring it to life, right? Because we are the creators. And this beautiful place of nurturing and giving and community, sharing with the community, that is very prevalent with women who have money. That is why I feel called to this purpose to help women become very wealthy. Because when women have wealth, they share it in their family. They share it in their community. They put it toward powerful, positive causes. They're still, it's flow for them, right? It, it's, it doesn't seem so obvious, but they're able, we're able to give to the places that we want to give with ease and allow more to come in so that we can share more. But we get to give from our overflow, not give to depletion. You work especially with women, right, Rebecca? Do you work yes, with do. men too? Oh, only women. Okay. Um, men too, but largely women. Okay. Yeah. So you do say the article you sent to me, yeah, it talks about this overgiving and that mm-hmm. the issues that it causes. So talk to me for a moment about the reasons for that to be. Why do we tend to overgive? Mm. This overgiving comes from what we were talking about earlier, that place of we must protect other people from the obstacles that we see for them, that Mm. we are not valuable unless we are proving our value by helping and nurturing others. And we don't want to see people in pain generally, right? We want want to help. If we can see a way out, why wouldn't we try? Yeah. And it's, it, it really is this taking responsibility for other people's feelings, which because we are the lovers, the nurturers, the, the boo-boo kissers, right? <laughs> we want to make everything right again. It sounds very beautiful, doesn't it? Like generous and compassionate, but without balance, then yeah, we have nothing. So talk to me about boundaries. How do we learn to become better at it? Mm, that the way that we do anything right is by practicing we have to set one boundary see how that goes and set another and I like I like to operate from standards and boundaries so I'm not feeling like I have to have my guard up all the time I'm operating from a place of standards and this is the way that I operate this is the way that things are for me this is how I'll respond in this situation and a boundary, we usually, their boundaries are tricky because we don't know we need one until we need one, right? That's true. So <laughs> yes. then, then someone yeah. gives us a little bit of discomfort or pain and we're like, wait a second, we need a boundary here. Yeah. And they are tricky for us because of our giving nature. We want, 
we don't want to make someone else uncomfortable. We'd rather yeah. be uncomfortable ourselves, yeah. which is what overgiving is ultimately. Mm. We'd rather take the discomfort and the pain ourselves yeah. than to give it to someone else or feel like we're giving it to someone else and or we don't trust them to handle it the way that we handle it. We don't trust that if they're in pain, they will manage it appropriately. That trust piece is so huge that we will just give and give and not give our boundaries because it's just easier this way. I know what this discomfort feels like when they come to me and they're not honoring my boundaries. It's easier for me to take it and deal with that discomfort than to have the hard perceived hard conversation of this is what I need and being perceived as selfish. So it has to do with control too, doesn't it, Rebecca? Trying to control everything. Yes, absolutely. And I'm a recovering overgiver. (laughs) So (laughs) I recognize these so deeply, even as I'm talking about it, as answering your questions, I feel like, yes, I have a memory of that. I have a memory of that. So it's natural for us to not know how to do boundaries until we have to send them, to have to set them, and then to really check our judgment. Who are we judging in this scenario? Are we, can we keep the boundary and not judge anybody as bad or good and just have it be in alignment with our standards that this is the way things are? Or am I judging them as they can't handle it And so I'll let go of my boundary and judging myself as, oh, maybe this boundary is too harsh. So I'll let go of my boundary, things like that. So there's a lot of uh, work on um, self-awareness, right? Wisdom, basically being, accessing wisdom when it comes to those situations. And that is the dance of life, isn't it, Rebecca? It really is. And it doesn't have to be hard work. It can be effort when we practice it. You know, shooting a basket is a lot of work until you start to get into the flow of it. Then practice is effort, keeping up the effort. Speaking of practices, talk to me about um, how you do your work. You are a transformational hypnotist and money mindset coach. Talk to me a, a bit about how you do what you do. Oh, thank you so much. I work as a transformational hypnotist in one-on-one work. And then I do more so the coaching is through my course. Um, I have a a course called Extraordinary Wealth that is a group experience, which sisterhood and community are so important for us to grow and practice shining and practice boundaries and things like that. that, That's such a powerful piece. The one-on-one work that I do really um, goes into healing past trauma, which creates a lot of limiting beliefs. I mean, and I feel like it's important to identify that trauma, as we think of it, doesn't necessarily have to be something that is newsworthy. It doesn't have to be a huge moment. It doesn't have to be ambulances Mm -hmm. or, you know, law enforcement showing up. It could be a moment of shame or guilt that nobody else even really witnessed, but we felt it. And when we add those things up, they send messages to our subconscious mind that this, this is how things are for us. And thus creating the limits. 
So I use traditional hypnosis techniques as well as some spiritual, uh, really connecting on a spiritual level as well to help people to heal their the past trauma, release it without having to forget it or push it away, really neutralizing the old memories. Because when those painful memories are neutralized, we get to be more in the present moment. And when we're in the present moment, we operate from here rather than from here, plus the tidal wave of emotion that comes from those unresolved <laughs> emotions. <laughs> Definitely easier to do it mm -hmm. in the way of the being in the present, right? What is your idea of freedom, Rebecca? What is to be free to you? To be free to me is with awareness. A really awareness brings freedom to me because I can feel a bit of discomfort. I can feel pain. I can feel sorrow. I can do all of those things. Be in that feeling and know that I have the power to let it be felt and then move on, move through, grow and evolve past it. It's feeling feeling uh, limitless, really. That is my freedom. And that it's connected to choice, isn't it? Completely. Even the choice to be aware. Yeah. The choice to yeah. decide that if a feeling of pain comes to me, what will I do with it? I love and that. And <laughs> all the steps after that. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. What do I do with the pain? And then listen for what it comes. This is something that I'm passionate about for some reason yeah there's um for some reason mysterious reasons right some mysterious reason that you're a healer yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the titles that's another thing what do you think about this um idea like in my case I prefer not to have one but I do use some of them of course but I like the idea of not having titles is that another limiting belief that I have I think that it can be whatever you want. If you don't want to be attached to a title, then don't be attached to a title. Yeah. If I use a title just to help people get a little bit of understanding about what I do, but my favorite title, as you know, is Amplifier of Love. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that is okay. That one I love. <laughs> yeah. That one's that, beautiful. That's my favorite title. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I love. How did that come to you, Rebecca? That was um, you guided to that title? I was guided. It was in a meditation and then a conversation with a dear friend who said, Every time I'm with you, you magnify, you magnify love, you magnify the good for me. And then the word amplify came and it just stuck because it felt good. And I want to be that person that when you see me, you feel love. When you think of me, you feel love and you know that I'm loving you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So all of us in this reality, for sure, even unconsciously, we appreciate that presence. We're almost at the end of the conversation. I do have a few more ending questions for you. But before that, would you like to add anything? Love yourself enough to build a relationship with yourself. Build a relationship with what's happening inside of you. That is awareness. If you're looking to figure out where this all starts, 
how do I build awareness? Build that relationship with yourself. Listen to your mind. Listen to your body. Listen to your intuition. And let it flow from there. It'll be magical. There was almost a very brief guided meditation. (laughs) Do you do that too? I do, yes. Oh, I love that. Do you have that on your website? Is that available for um, download? Do you sell that on your website or Amazon? Usually I just do them with my private clients. That's a wonderful idea. I am actually host, I host a monthly meditation in my, in my group and I'm doing that tonight. So I will be bringing your love with me when I do that too. Yeah. And I love that idea of having your guided meditation out there too. Please let me know if that comes to, to this reality. I love it. If you knew you would die soon, meaning leaving the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? Mm. From here forward? Yes. I would call some people I haven't talked to in a while. I feel no regrets in this life. And I feel no unspoken words, except for if I know I'm going, it would be fun to say goodbye. And the last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Love flows through me all the time. And I can choose at any time. Three things. Oh, these are so juicy. Um, (laughs) If I need an answer, my true answer is always within me. And that I am always connected to the limitless resources of the universe. Thank you so much for sharing these. uh, I call them timeless wisdom or divine wisdom. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the work you do in this reality. Thank you so much, Rebecca, again. Thank you, Valeria. I appreciate it. Where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services, and future projects? RebeccaWiener.com. That's simple. I'll have that link on your podcast profile. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Rebecca Weiner McGregor and her work, please visit RebeccaWiener.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.